This is The Guardian. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. One second. It might seem insignificant, but one humble little second going awry can interfere with the stock market, GPS, or even the power grid. Which is why government representatives from around the world recently came together in Paris to get rid of the leap second. It's a second we add to our clocks when they get out of time with the Earth's rotation. Which apparently happens quite often and it can cause real trouble. So from 2035, we're scrapping the leap second and letting our times drift. But what on earth are these different times? And will it matter if they get out of sync? From The Guardian, I'm Madeline Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. JT Janssen, you are the Chief Scientist at the National Physics Laboratory, NPL. And the reason that we're talking to you is because there are these two times and we've decided to get rid of the second that kind of brings them both together. And the two times are astronomical time and coordinated universal time. What are these two different methods of telling time? How do they both work? That's a really good question. If I ask somebody, what is a day? They'd probably say, well, a day is 24 hours, 60 minutes in an hour and 60 seconds in a minute. So a day lasts about 86,000 seconds and every day is exactly the same. But there's also another definition of a day when the Earth spins around its axis. That's what we call an astronomical day. And those two are not the same. Over time, the Earth has been slowing down a little bit due to the fact that the Earth is not a solid object. It's got a a liquid core and there are oceans and continents which are moving. And that means that an astronomical day is actually becoming slightly longer. 
And that's where the leap seconds come in. If you want to keep the Earth rotation exactly the same as the atomic time, you have to occasionally add a second. And since the atomic time was introduced in the 1960s, there have been about 37 seconds added to keep the Earth rotation in sync. So I'd never really imagined the Earth like this I guess this marble filled with water that's that's changing its rotation. And as you said, most of us go by normal clocks. So who's using each kind of time? Why do we have these two separate ideas of time? Well, astronomical time is, of course, what civilization has used through the ages. Uh, looking at the stars and the planet was the way of determining what a year was, what a day was. And it's only with the advance of atomic physics that in the 60s, these much better type of clocks were developed. And these atomic clocks, they are incredibly accurate. I mean, if you have two atomic clocks at the beginning of the universe, at the Big Bang, and you start them ticking, and you look at them now, they would still be synchronized to each other by about a second. And so that was deemed to be a much better way of keeping time than looking at celestial bodies. These atomic clocks, they've enabled lots of new technology, The most well-known one is satellite positioning, where we use satellites in the sky to determine our position on Earth. And the way that works is that each of these satellites has got an atomic clock on it. And we, on the Earth, receive a time signal from each of these satellites. And from those time signals, we can work out our position. Time is also used for many more applications. So the synchronization of the Internet is based on time. You've got things like high-frequency trading in the stock market, the way power grids are synchronized, and that's why atomic time is so incredibly important for our modern society. So what is the issue if astronomical time and atomic time get out of sync? What are these problems that can occur if they diverge too much? Really, there isn't a problem. If astronomical time is slightly out of sync with atomic time, it basically means that at 12 o'clock noon, the sun is not exactly above the meridian. And so for any sort of useful application on Earth, it doesn't really matter because we don't really use astronomical time anymore. Everybody and every application uses atomic time. The only difference will be if you let the atomic time and astronomical time vary by a few minutes, then when you go to the summer solstice, the sun won't be exactly above Stonehenge at uh, what is it, at 12 o'clock or something like that there will be a few minutes different. So, but I don't think druids will really care about that too much. <laughs> well, if there are any druids listening, write in and <laughs> tell us if you're, if you're going to be upset by that. <laughs> but despite the fact that there can be variation, up until now we've decided to add this leap second to get them back into time. So how is this added? What does that process look like? It's not everyone going around changing their clocks. I can't imagine how these two times are put back into um, sync with each other. Well, it, it is actually that. I mean, <laughs> when, a, when a leap second is, is, is announced, so you've got an organisation which is called the Earth Rotation Service, which looks at the Earth rotation and determines that the variation between atomic time and astronomical time has become more than a second. At that point, they set a request to put a leap second into the time scale, and then all timing laboratories around 
the globe at 31st of December at midnight will add an extra second. In the UK, of course, this happens in the middle of the night, which is usually not a problem. But of course, in Asia, that's in the middle of the day, which is uh, very awkward that you have a discontinuity in the timescale in the middle of the day. And that's really the reason why society wants to do away with leap seconds, because they are incredibly disruptive for our modern technology, which wasn't envisioned in the 1970s when they decided to keep those two timescales in sync. It sort of reminds me of when we were approaching the millennium and everyone kind of got quite frightened about what would happen with our computers as they moved to the year 2000. It's exactly that. There have been incidents over the last years when leap seconds have been put in incorrectly and that has caused glitches in GPS, in power grids, and that's really what we need to avoid. At the moment, we're actually in a period of time where the Earth's rotation is slightly speeding up And it would mean that in a few years' time, we have to take a second out of the timescale. And nobody's ever done that. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So we really like to avoid that. Right. So there's very good reasons why we would want to get rid of the leap second if it's going forwards and backwards and it could cause all these issues with our technology. But how did that decision get made? Who gets to decide whether we have a leap second or not? So that is actually what we decided at the General Conference of Weights and Measures in Paris. And there we've decided that the difference between astronomical time and atomic time in future can vary more than 0.9 of a second. We haven't exactly decided how much we'll allow it to vary, But if we say we allow it to vary by a minute, which is not a lot, then we wouldn't have to put in leap seconds for another 100 years. And hopefully by that time, we might have a better solution. Was there anyone who actually didn't want to get rid of the leap second? Were there any countries or organisations who had actually been dealing with it quite well and wanted to stay in the situation that we have at the moment? There was only one country which didn't want to change that quickly which was the Russian Federation, they wanted to wait till 2040 because they wanted to update their systems to be ready for this new timescale. But most countries actually supported the change in the definition, amongst them the UK. So now we're going to get rid of leap seconds for the moment, potentially until we have these better solutions that you were talking about. I mean, what could they be? Are there any other theoretical ideas that we could one day use for our different times? Well, if we're really keen on keeping astronomical time in sync with atomic time, we need to understand the rotation of the Earth much better. We need to have a much better model so that we can predict what the Earth rotation is going to be. And then you could think about smearing these leap seconds out over time via new kinds of systems. But at the moment, That is very, very complicated. So that's why we basically found a solution by allowing a bigger deviation, which gives us a lot of time to think about that. I'm sure all the technology companies will be very grateful and will be sitting there (laughs) pleased that this decision was come to. It's been so fascinating to hear about why this has happened and the different kinds of times. So JT, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem. I really enjoyed this chat. Thanks again to JT Janssen. 
If you are a druid opposed to atomic time, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is scienceweekly at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Ned Carter-Miles, the sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo, and the executive producer was Georgia Moody. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today.